Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another week of the Ninth State Sports Show Lacrosse Edition. My name is Joe Marcellina. Joining me again is Derry Field AD and Boys Lacrosse Coast Coach Chris Hetler. Chris, how are we doing today? Hey, Joe. Great to be back, man. Looking forward to uh, looking forward to this afternoon. It's a beautiful day out. Going to do some skills and drills out on the turf. So, good day for lacrosse. Yeah, I uh, I posted a picture on on Instagram a little while ago uh, that I have moved my setup uh, outside onto the porch. Uh, so it must almost be spring. I don't know how long this is going to last. Maybe it might be back inside next week, but we'll uh, we'll get a snowstorm right before yeah, the season, right. no doubt. Yeah, about probably about a <laughs> foot and a half, right? Yeah. Uh, well, this season uh, we'll be posting uh, the podcast at nh-highschoolsports.com on Thursday morning. So uh, if you haven't already, put that reminder in your calendar. Uh, as always, you can send us your questions and feedback by shooting an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com or on Twitter at nhhsports. And uh, before we get started, a couple things to mention. Um, we're once again doing a special lacrosse membership for the site. Uh, and this year there will be uh, two separate memberships. Uh, you know, if you just want to read the stories that are online, uh, check out the posts, uh, you can sign up for you know, just that, the regular lacrosse membership. Or if you want the one that's going to include a copy of the lacrosse preview and the Boys and Girls Lacrosse yearbook, uh, you can sign up for the lacrosse membership plus. Uh, I am very creative when it comes to naming uh, memberships, uh, if you haven't noticed yet. Uh, so you can go to the site, click on membership for more info for both of those. And uh, also this spring, uh, we're looking for sponsors to help support the podcast. Uh, it isn't much, but there are some costs involved with putting the show together every week. Uh, we'd like to be able to continue doing it, not just with uh, lacrosse, but also with football in the fall. So if you're a fan of the show or know someone who would like to promote their business, uh, maybe even your own business, uh, please get in touch with us at nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com. And uh, that's also not limited to just the podcast. Uh, we're looking for some other sponsors to help uh, with coverage this spring and beyond. Uh, so, yeah, you can uh, check out more about that on nh-highschoolsports.com. Uh, there's a tab at the top of the page, I believe, that says uh, sponsors. So you can learn a little bit more there or just shoot us an email. Uh, Coach, I, do you have anything, uh, you know, now that I've done all that, do you have anything you want to plug coming up? <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting some lacrosse talk in today. Uh, definitely lacrosse is in the air, and we had another another great lineup. Uh, things to celebrate, you know, uh, yeah. I don't know if you saw recently, but uh, the NESCAC, you know, we talked about it last week, our NESCAC friends there, the uh, the NESCAC just approved spring sports. It's a, it's a limited schedule. Uh, I want to say it's eight games, but they're going to, they're going to get out there and they're going to be playing. So, uh, you know, thrilled for those guys. Um, you know, did you did you see that at all? Were you able to? Uh, I, I, you know what, I hadn't seen that. Uh, I know that I know that we talked about it last week, and it was something I meant to, to check up on. And of course, uh, I've you know with uh, you know we were we were talking a little a few minutes ago before we started. We both uh, you'll be heading out to some hockey tonight, and I've got some basketball to go to. So we're we're kind of we're doing this with uh, with one foot you know in the winter season and one foot in the spring season. So it's been. Uh, yeah, it, it's kind of like I, I'm, I'm trying to remember, you know, what it's like to multitask. I feel like I haven't had to do this in such a long time, um, yeah. which uh, and, you know, and I'm glad you brought that up, too, because, you know, that's such, you know, it may not seem like it, it is big news, um, certainly. But but I think that the image of it or the the what it means is so much more, too, because a year ago at this time, uh, we were hearing the exact opposite about everything, that everything was getting canceled, everything was getting postponed. Um, you know, we're, uh, you know, as everybody's going to be listening to this on, on Thursday, uh, which is March 11th, which is one year to the day, at least for me, the, la the last sports that I covered that I went to were on March 11th last year. I think that's when, you know, the last, that was the last day of the NHIA's games. They, they shut down after that. 
a couple uh, tournaments, right? A yep. couple bunch hockey, a bunch of bunch of tournaments. We had a lot of co-champions last year. A lot of co- a lot of co-champions and co-runners up and uh the the record books are going to uh you know, I, in 20 years, I think there's going to be some people that look back on that and go, "Geez, I wonder let me go back or maybe maybe longer than 20 years. I think people still remember this in 20 years, but um you know, it's one of those things like you you look back at like the some of the ones in the 40s and I think for baseball there's like some champions missing in there. Kind of Oh, I wonder why that is. Um, you know, but so it's just, it's, you know, when I, last night I was going back um, and looking at some of the photos I took from those games because, you know, that, that week I, I did, um, you know, a playoff game, a basketball game out at Hollis Brookline. Uh, the gym was packed. Uh, looking at, in the background at the number of people that are in the stands, uh, it just, it's, it, it's just so much different. You know, I found it. It was, it was a little. It was yeah. a little different. Yeah, I remember. So it was weird. You know, I know we're doing lacrosse right now, but you know, thinking about we just we held some playoff games for basketball in the stadium, and you know, the NHI gives you out those uh, those announcements you got to read. <laughs> There's a handful, <laughs> you know, a couple dozen people in the stands, and I'm reading the announcements over the loudspeaker, and I'm like, this is kind of weird right now. But uh, yeah, I remember the year before the place was packed, and uh, you know, it's just. Yeah, very, very interesting to, to see how, how everything has unfolded the last. But it, it's great, you know, to get back to the NESCAC there, it's great to see administrators and other people working together to figure out how to make it happen for the kids because it would have been very easy to kind of to kind of punt on it, you know, similar to, you know, the Ivies and some of the, what, what some of the other leagues have done. Uh, but the NESCAC is at least trying to make it happen for these guys and get, get some of us, you know, a schedule put together. Um, you know, speaking of fans, um, I don't know if you saw Syracuse recently opened up uh, the Carrier Dome to students. Students are going to be allowed yeah. to come to games now. Uh, so that was really that was really exciting. They're going to do some, you know, I think they have to have a test during the week and then they're going to get tested. You're going to have a rapid test at the door. But again, finding solutions, right, to, to make things happen for people. We've got we've got the ability to do it. So let's try and let's try and work around these things until until we do get everybody with a vaccine. So that, that you know, I thought that was kind of cool, too. I think we're going to start to see more of that. You know, I, I think with high school games during the spring, I think you're going to be able to come to events, you know, talking to other ADs, but you're going to still have to be socially distant. You probably still got to wear a mask. But you know what? You're going to get out and you're going to be able to cheer you're on your teammates and uh you know classmates and parents are going to be able to be there to watch so it'll 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 start to feel more normal again you know i i, I probably said this last year at some point but i'm going to say it again because uh, that was a year ago um i i prefer to be socially distant uh when i'm, I'm at, a sport <laughs> at these events um you know because my you know my focus is is what's on what's going on on the field like i want to i want to be able to watch and, and see what's going on and take my pictures and my video um and oftentimes i'm you know i'm i'm try to get as close to the field as I can um you know but it, it I, I'm just I'm so much looking forward to just that that first really you know day a kind of a day like this where it's you know uh, a little bit warmer than it has been um you know maybe I'm, I'm regretting wearing uh jeans instead of shorts or or you know I should have brought my jacket you know just that that feel in the air um you know and just the sounds that that you get from from you know these different sports I mean it's been it's been two years since we've heard any of this uh, or, or seen any of this. And I'm, I'm, uh, you know, it was, it, maybe the sun has being out today had something to do with it too, but just getting up and, and knowing that this was on the horizon was uh, yeah, a little bit of a pick me up today. No, I, I agree with, I agree with you, Joe. I think any of our, any of our lacrosse coaches out there listening or parents who, who go out and just play catch with their kids outside, know, know that feeling. Um, I know that's what I've experienced the last, the last week and a half when I've been out there with the, with my kids doing skills and drills on the turf 
it's just like all the worries and cares melt away when you're out there. It's just been such a good feeling to be back out there again and, and not just watching games on TV and now being able to actually be out there and teach and, and uh, coach the game that, that we all love. So it's been, it's been really good, but with that, do you want to, uh, do you yeah. want to talk a little, talk a little college here? We had, yeah, we had some more, let's do um, it. something we, yeah. we want to do a little bit more this year is kind of, kind of take a look at the, uh, the local kids that are, are doing well on the college scene. And uh, we talked about some of them last week. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I'll let you go first because it sounds like you've got, uh, you've got someone on your mind that you wanted to mention uh, right off the bat. So who kind of stood out to you um, this past week you know, from uh, what was going on in the college lacrosse world? Well, you know, and I, we had talked last week about, you know, you, you're still transitioning into watching games, getting there. And yep. I, I threw yep. out Bryant at you. And actually, Bryant uh, was matched up against Merrimack, another school that's been really good to our, our New Hampshire kids. Bryant ended up winning 20 to 8. So the game was kind of a blowout. But part of that was the, the play of Nate LaLiberty at the faceoff X going over 60 percent again. Um, and then, you know, Ben Abladian from from Bishop Girton, just uh, just absolutely blowing up the scene right now. He had five points. Uh, Mason Druin had three goals and then Drew Haley had had two points in the, in the loss for Merrimack there. So a, a bunch of our guys doing really well uh, on the local scene there, um, you know, with Providence, Providence dropped a tough one to 11, uh, eight to uh, Villanova, but Tim Hendricks had a goal there. So we can start, start with those guys right there alone. Well, I want to uh, back, I want to backtrack to that. The Bryant Merrimack sure. game, you, you I, there's a guy yeah. you, you left out of there that I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised you did. Didn't uh, Henry vote get the start and goal for, for Merrimack as well, or he's been been playing quite a yep. bit for these guys. Henry uh, Henry picked up the Henry picked up his first win the week the week before there yeah. did really well. Um, I'm you know he's yeah I mean I'm I'm thrilled to see that he's gotten the opportunity and, and sort of taking taking control of it and not not giving it back. It's been uh, it's been great to see him. I you know having having played against him and, and coached him in high school, it doesn't surprise me at all. I mean he's he was an incredibly mature kid when he was. Uh, when he was playing for us with Tomahawks and when he was over at Exeter and, uh, you know, always rose to the occasion every time there was a big game there, you know, he was, he was a big reason for, for coach Holly and Exeter's success there. Um, you know, so great to see him, great to see him doing well right now. Yeah. And, and you mentioned, you mentioned a Bladian, um, for Bryant. And I, I heard, um, a couple things, uh, over the weekend that it's kind of an interesting story on how he's actually gotten into the starting lineup was, um, you know, uh, a couple other guys, either illness or injury, kind of took them off the depth chart to start the season. And, uh, you know, he kind of, you know, was the next man up. And it seems like he's really just taken a hold of that spot, um, you know, with some great play. I mean, he's been averaging, he's been averaging three, to, three to five points a game. I mean, you're not going to get – it's going to be hard to take that spot away from him if, once those guys get healthy. Or, or you got to find a way to keep him on the field somewhere because um, that's, that's tremendous. You know, and, and same thing with Mason. You know, Mason's been consistently hitting the box score every week, which which is incredible. Um, yeah. But to your point here, I had to look back. I didn't have it in my notes, but I looked up Henry. He saw 38 shots <laughs> on net in that in that last game. Yeah. He, he, he made 19 saves. He had 19 goals against. He had, he had a 50% <laughs> save average. So, you know, he's like, eh, 50%. But 50% in D1 is actually really good now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the fact that he saw close to 40 shots on net, which, you know, then how many shots weren't on net, that he saw there too. I mean, he, you know, God, I don't even want to think about what the score would have been if, uh, if he wasn't, if he hadn't been in there. If yeah. He wasn't in yeah. there. If he wasn't having a good day. I so. mean, I mean, he, he, I always felt like too, he had days like that in, in, you know, watching Exeter in high school where he would face a ton of shots. Uh, and he just would, you know, it, it seemingly come up with some spectacular saves that, 
you know, a game that could have been, you know, they lose by eight, they end up winning by ten, you know, or something like that. Uh, the so. only the only loss that Derry Field suffered in 2019 <laughs> was uh, directly <laughs> directly because of Henry. So uh, yeah, I, I I've seen that story all too well. Uh, there are, there are multiple saves that stick in my mind from from when we played him in that game. So yeah, excellent. So uh, um, you know, and then uh, sticking sticking with goaltenders there, uh, AJ Fox had uh, had got another start in net for uh, for Holy Cross. Uh, Lost it, lost in overtime, 12-11 to to Colgate, uh, you know. But he uh, he was voted honorable mention player player one of the players of the week uh, for the Patriot League. He had uh, you know again 50% in the in the game there. He picked up his first win the week before, you know a guy that's battled. He had a you know right before the season last year had an ACL injury and and has worked his way back into the net and seems to be taking hold of that position too. So really proud of AJ there for the work that he's put in. Very nice. Uh, you'd start. I, I kind of interrupted you there. You'd started talking about, I think, uh, Providence as well. Um, yeah. They had a g- game against uh, what Villanova on Sunday. Yep. And you know, so again, Timmy. Timmy's been uh, he's been playing for them for a while there. He started at, started as a D midi and now is working his way into you know a, a good two way two way threat for them, hitting the box score just about every game. And you know, he I, I think he is limited in terms of uh, the weapons around him that they have. I think he's one of the guys that most teams key on every single game. So I, I think, you know, from what he does in terms of drawing pressure away from the other kids, even though he's only hitting the box score, you know, with, with not as not as big a numbers as some of the other guys we've mentioned. Um, you know, he, he's a huge piece of that of that team down there. He's a team captain, a, a real leader of the team. So, uh, again, really proud of what Tim's done there. And, um, you know, I think with COVID and everything, he may still have some eligibility. So I, I don't know what his plans are. He may he may come back next year. Maybe he does his graduate degree someplace else. Um, so, again, really, really proud of what Tim's done for them. Of course, uh, we'll get the pair down at uh, North Carolina. Um, they just seem I, – I mean, it's getting uh, to the point where I just feel like every week we're going we're gonna to look this up and they're, you know, they're, they're blowing somebody out. Um, I really like to – can't wait to see what they do once they get into a little bit more conference play. Um, well, you're going to, you're going to see it tomorrow. If you can tune in tomorrow, they play, they play Virginia, they play Virginia at seven at well, actually for the people listening, it'll be tonight at, at 7 PM. Um, and a big part of that is going to be Zach Tucci and how he matches up against Pete LaSalla, uh, the face off, the face off midfielder for, for Virginia. I mean, both teams, high powered offenses. Um, you know, I think people are a little down on Virginia right now because of the way they got beat by Syracuse. Mm-hmm. But honestly, that came down to possessions. Like the Syracuse faceoff guy won a ridiculous amount of faceoffs against against Virginia. And in the faceoff guy for Virginia is really good. It just happened to be that day they had his number and Syracuse's offense just they converted on every possession. So it, it made it look I think it made it look like Virginia was a lot worse than they are, but they're not. And and so this is gonna be, you know, I think UNC and Duke have been the most consistent so far, but this is, I think this is going to be the first true test for UNC in terms of, you know, are they as dominant and, and are they as complete a team as they've shown so far? Um, so, and, and yeah, obviously and Brian Cameron will be a huge part of that too. You know, Brian's been hitting the box score just about every single game, um, you know, chipping in with a goal or two, but his team starts to try and take away Chris Gray and some of their other players, you know, does Brian become a, more of a, a focal point of that offense? So they start to let him dodge a little bit more than, than being an off ball finisher and, you know, uh, a good feeder. Um, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to kind of see that matchup. I can't wait. Uh, I already looked, there's a webcast board. It's on ESPN. Um, you know, it'll be a great, great thing for people to it's, tune uh, into. It's going to be actually, 
it's actually going to be on one of the ESPNs and not that uh, that ACC network that uh, has driving be been driving me nuts all basketball season. Uh, you know, I try to try to watch. I, I I'm a I'm a Pitt alum. Uh, yes, I know they had a pretty bad year this year, but I still like to watch them. Uh, and I felt like every time I went to turn it on, the games on the the ACC network that I, I don't think anyone in the Northeast carries. So, yeah, that was the, hopefully that that game tomorrow is on a or on Thursday is on a, a, a net or at least on ESPN Plus that we can get uh, at least stream it somewhere. That would be that yep. would be nice. Click I'm it gonna... on the click it on the link right now. It is on ESPN. It is on ESPN Plus. So we should for most people they should be able to get it tomorrow. And and if you do have to pay for it, I, I want to say it's like five or six bucks for a month or something. It's, it's well we, well worth it. We've so. got uh, we've got here uh, we got the the package ESPN Plus, Disney Plus, and Hulu Plus. Uh, there you go. Not too bad, you know. Pretty pretty nice deal, I think. Uh, the wife watches the other two, and I I get the ESPN Plus, which is uh, you know, and you know, it not only gives you the the uh, you know the live streams, but it also uh, there's articles that you get. You know, the the old um, I forget what the membership used to be called at ESPN Insider, maybe. Um, that's now a part of it too, so uh, you get to watch and read a little bit extra uh, with all of that. No, it's a great, it's a great value. And there's plenty, I mean, that's been, again, we talked about silver linings of the pandemic. You know, if there has been a silver lining, it's the fact that so many of these colleges and universities have invested into the infrastructure of, of setting up live streams. Obviously ESPN does their own thing, but it, like we talked about last week, if you click on inside lacrosse, there, there's just about a web stream for just about for every everybody. Game. Yeah. So, um, hey, you, you know, know what? It's, thrilled. it's, um, I, I'm, I'm glad I had forgotten about this from Sunday. I meant to make a, or I made a mental note of it. And obviously forgot it, but I, you know, I was at um, BG Sunday evening for their girls playoff game, girls basketball playoff game, and uh, they had a TV set up in one corner that had the live stream from the Londonderry Wyndham girls game that had started an hour earlier, because uh, the winner, you know, the the winner of that one was going to play the winner of of this one, you know, that game, and then at the end of the game, the uh, uh, who was it, Concord and Bedford. Uh, girls quarterfinal still ha- hadn't ended and there were people in the stands watching that game on their phones so it was like i mean like is this kind of like you know we used to joke about i think twitter being the kind of thing after a game you know i'd have coaches come up to me like oh do you know, what's the score of this what's the score of that i i wonder are we now going to be able to be at high school games watching other high school games on our on our phones and and other devices i i'm i'm actually kind of excited about that you, you might be. It's great. Might potentially makes your job a lot easier. <laughs> you get some, get some even better coverage. It, it might way. might make it so. easier, or it also might mean that people don't need to read uh, read as many stories about it. So that could be a problem. But they still want your opinion. Yeah, that's for another day. Um, yeah. Uh, any anybody well, else that you want to? Yeah, that you you want to highlight this um, this yeah, week on the men's just, side? You know, finishing up. We you know we again just really proud of you know a guy that I've, I've gotten to go up against uh over the years cole brahms uh you know out at utah they did end up losing eight three to jacksonville but you know cole was again close to 50 percent in the face off face off x did a really nice job there and then uh you know not necessarily a guy that uh that grew up in the new hampshire new england area but uh charlie bertrand who was uh you know the the star for for merrimack college for a long time as an attackman there helped them win a pair of uh national championships you know, kind of went on. Now he's down at Virginia and, uh, you know, had had five points in his last outing. There was the leading scorer in that game. So, again, another reason to tune in uh, tomorrow or tonight at, at 7 p.m. to watch uh, UNC Virginia there to see, you know, a, a, a guy who was kind of discounted coming out of college or coming out of high school, you know, uh, and then, then then rose the ranks through Division two and is now a star in the D1 level there, too. So, um, 
so yeah, those two guys. And then, you know, kind of finishing up the thoughts on the college, college level, I think we're going to start to see things sort of start to shake out a little bit here in terms of the top 10. Right now in the top five, most people have Duke, UNC. You know, I, I think there's some question in terms of the next, that, that next level there. Is it, is it Maryland, Rutgers, Georgetown's been playing really well. But the Big Ten, you know, I, I don't know there's a lot of depth there. I don't know that they've really been challenged yet. Then you've got, you know, Army had the upset over Syracuse. Syracuse is in that mix. Virginia's in that mix. So I think over the next couple of weeks here, you're really going to start to see, you know, as teams have had more, they, they haven't had COVID interruptions. They've had more practices. We're going to start to get a better sense of what that top 10 truly is. And, and is, it, is there as much parity as, as it looks like right now? Or was it just that teams have taken a little time to get their feet under them because they haven't had as much practice, you know? Um, some other teams that we haven't really even talked about yet. Notre Dame sitting, you know, just inside the top 10, had an impressive victory to open their season, um, you know, and, and then hasn't really been really been tested yet. You know, the meat of their schedule comes at the end of this month when they play Virginia, Syracuse, Duke two times, North Carolina, Syracuse again to finish the season. So they're, they're warming up right now, but right now their offense looks really good. Um, you know, and then uh, Lehigh with a really impressive win. They knocked off uh, Loyola last weekend. Um, you know, so are they, are they maybe the cream of the crop of the Patriot league this year? Mm -hmm. Um, so far it looks like it, you know, so, so good stuff, fun, fun stuff to watch over the next couple of weekends. And I also want to, well, you know, you mentioned that the, again, with the game, uh, midweek games, I feel like the first month or so, so many of these games were, were Saturday, Sunday, and I'm, I'm excited that there's now seems to be like a fuller, you know, schedule too, that, so that if, you know. You, you can mix in a little bit of that during the week. And it's always uh, nice to be able to sit down. You know, you don't have to limit it to uh, the weekends. Um, and, and I'm sure that's a product of just more teams getting their seasons going, uh, more teams, you know, working through their, their issues with, uh, with COVID and travel and whatever else is going on. Yep. Well, it'll be a day late for some, but you'll probably be able to go back and find it if you want. But tonight, potentially, uh, Duke and, and High Point are playing on ESPNU. And so I, I think you can restream those. I think if you go on ESPN, yeah, yeah, you, I think, I believe you can so. find them again. I mean, yeah. two really high-powered offenses right there. High Point plays a really fun, fun style of lacrosse. Duke has weapons all over the field. I mean, I don't know what the what the Vegas over/under on that game is, <laughs> but uh, I would I would probably be betting on the over on that. Watch, it'll be a defensive battle. But I I, I think that that one will be that one should be a lot of fun tonight. You know, as a, a midweek game, uh, you know. Two teams, you know, fairly easy for them, right? Two local, fairly local teams. You know, they don't have to travel too much to see each other, so that'll be that'll be a fun one tonight. Yeah, a um, couple of uh, players on the women's side want to want to highlight too. Um, just you know, um, I, I feel like I feel like maybe some of the the locals that we have, maybe their teams aren't as, as strong, but there are some some girl, uh, some women out there getting some uh, opportunities. I noticed last or on Tuesday night. Um, Winthrop, uh, they came up uh, short against Mercer, uh, lost a 17-14 game there, but uh, Pinkerton's uh, Madison Daziel got in that one. She's a freshman out there at Winthrop, got in there, got a goal. Uh, she's got two uh, goals on the season, actually. They're, uh, they're two and three on their season. And then, actually, a couple of, uh, a couple of Merrimack kids, um, you know, getting a lot of playing time. Uh, the first one uh, down at George Mason, she's another freshman, uh, Melanie Hutchinson. Uh, you know, she doesn't have any, any goals or any points yet for, uh, for George Mason, but I've definitely seen her get out there and get a, into the rotation quite a bit. Actually watched their, uh, all of their first game of the season against Navy. And I remember the, the first, you know, offensive possession she got out there because they had, they had been kind of holding back and just kind of 
passing the ball around a lot uh, through that first half, and all of a sudden she got out there and, and went straight to the goal, uh, made the goalie make a, uh, an incredible save, uh, um, you know, for her first career shot. But uh, another one that's that's getting a lot of playing time, and uh, and then at um, uh, why am I drawing a blank on the, the school Sacred Heart? Um, Bella Beaton, who was a, a goalie at Merrimack for a couple of years, uh, you know, she looks like she's taken over the starting job there. Um, been playing pretty well for them, although they're off to uh, an 0-2 start this year. Yeah, and then, you know, we've, we've kind of neglected. There was some big news uh, coming out in terms of coaching, too. Uh, you know, uh, New Hampshire, Callie Santos has, has joined the, the UNH coaching staff up there, yeah. joins a bunch of girls from, from South Egan who, who have played here. Um, who else we got? Um, there's uh, Gabby Masur from from Nashua North. There, Mackenzie McEachern from Bedford. Uh, so a bunch of bunch of local girls like the, up up there playing that join join Cali up there. So we're thrilled for Cali to be able to, to join there. She's you know been a long time uh, New Hampshire Tomahawk staff member and uh, you know was was set to do good things with Londonderry too. But you know an incredible opportunity for her to uh, to join the staff up there and uh, keep bringing that program forward. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, we talked about, um, you know, the, the, like you said, uh, schools getting more into their schedules and, and deciding to play and all that. And uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to utter five words here that uh, I hope don't make you scream. Uh, but how is the scheduling going? <laughs> it's, uh, it's going pretty well. We're getting, we're getting close. Um, I think it's just tough because, you know, uh, as you just experienced, uh, Nashua just approved their spring sports. Yeah. Uh, Manchester just approved their spring sports. So, you know, it's it's been a little bit difficult in terms of, you know, in normal years, there would be schedulers and assigners that would sort of just, you know, you, you'd have your schedule and then you could move things around if you needed to. But this year, it's basically been, you know, every AD kind of figuring out, all right, are we in a cohort? Are we not in a cohort? Where can we travel? Where can't we travel? Um, who already has teams that they're playing um, and then trying to fill in, trying to fill in weeks that, that you're missing there. And then also do schools like some schools want to play, you know, both games in the same week to try and limit uh, exposure. Like we kind of talked about there. So um, it is coming together. I think, um, you know, the, the tough part, I think that, you know, everyone, it's, it's not any secret. It's, it's tough when you can't play out of state it's harder for, you know, the, the dominant superpower teams or the traditional superpower teams to find games because yeah. it's, it's a little bit harder in normal years. Maybe you, you'd only have to play teams once. And, and now, you know, with the kind of the rules that are set up, um, you know, it's, it's going to be a little bit more difficult for those teams to find competitive games. Um, so, so that's been, that's been a little bit more difficult. Um, so, but, but I think things are, things are definitely moving in the right direction. Uh, I know I've got most of, all of my spring sports uh, schedules filled in there, just waiting on a couple things there. But uh, yeah, so no, didn't didn't cause too much anxiety there, Joe. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've we've always talked about you know why we'd love to see more uh, BG Pinkerton games, right? And uh, and I think this year we're finally going to get them. Um, you know, if they they're sticking to the two game uh, two game a week setup, um, you know, so that we'll have we'll have BG Pinkerton twice and and hopefully have BG Exeter twice this year. Uh, outside of any potential playoff game so you know it's and and that was kind of maybe maybe that helped uh contribute to my my good mood today earlier today uh was that i i did get on some of these school sites and you know it looks like most of if not all of division one uh on the boys side at least is uh has got schedules at least posted i don't know how you know um 
like you said, there there might be some remnants from last year's season, but uh, you know, a lot of these look like they're they're the two two uh, games in a week kind of setup. So I'm I'm hoping that these are close to uh, to accurate and close to being done. I just uh, it's something about having a, a general idea of you know Monday, April twelfth, uh, which is just a little bit more than a month from now. You know, am, am I potentially going to be somewhere watching a lacrosse game? Uh, and just having that thought in the back of my mind is, uh, you know, it's motivating, I think. No, absolutely. And I, I think you're right. I would caution uh, listeners, like, the NHI website is it may not necessarily be uh, up to date as much as it would be in, in normal years because, you know, the, technically these games aren't going to mean anything. The NHI is not requiring all the schedules to be put in. There's a lot of remnants of old schedules in there. Um, you know, I'd, I'd really urge people to use their, their local schools' websites, or I think you've seen that big teams, they, they've been yeah. fairly accurate with, uh, with yeah. their schedules and things like that in there. But, um, you know, don't want don't to see anybody showing up to a game because of the, the, the NHI website, and uh, especially, especially reporters. So. Oh, yeah. Don't, yeah, yeah that's, that's the last thing you want to do is, is send a reporter to a game where there isn't actually one being played. Yeah, that, I've, uh, I, I've probably done that a couple times. Uh, over the course of, of these many years. So yeah, that's not no, just a, yeah. <laughs> just to give you a little more insight into the, the scheduling difficulties too, is uh, you know, re- traveling is really difficult for a lot of schools this year because they, they, right. they haven't necessarily relaxed the, the transportation requirements yet and in, in how you, how you spread kids out and um, you know, how many people you can put on a bus and different things like that. So it's been tricky in terms of, you know, when you can have certain teams play on certain days, cause you may just not have enough busing available. So, um, you know, as parents and, and kids and stuff start looking at the schedules that come out, you know, uh, I would say cut your ADs some some slack because uh, it's not, you know, the, it may not be able to make the most ideal schedule that you would you would normally have. You may be playing on some weird days or back to backs or different things like that. But uh, in order to try and make it happen, that that's kind of what we may have to do this year in order to make uh, the, the busing and the transportation work. So, um, but. I know from my side, we're, we're, we're making it work. We're getting pretty much full schedules for everybody. And we just got to, again, like we talked about, everybody's got to do the right thing and stay healthy off the field. I'm looking specifically for more like, uh, like 11 a.m. games so that I can get in uh, a couple of games. You, we can, we can uh, do that, right? Just get, just to get a couple of like mid midday games and then I can go to another game and later in the day, that'd you know, be, that'd be you good. know, I have, I have administrators that talk all the time about, you know, you know, I don't know if you've read the book spark or like, you know, any of these, like, you know, any of those, any of those, uh, philosophies that say you know kids need to get up and they've got movement during the day i'm all for it let's have athletics in the morning let's let's get it going we'll have we'll have uh, 11 11 a.m games yeah absolutely yeah so well you're a you know you're a former uh, former ski coach right you you guys yeah. you, you guys have your your uh, big tournaments like you know midday during the week right that was the that was the best part we used to just take the whole day off we used to take fridays off and go up to go up to cannon or loon or wildcat yeah and yeah. yeah, i'm all for it you know I don't know if the school will be all for it, but uh, probably, yeah, probably not. No, I, I can't. I can see that being something they'd uh, they'd maybe frown upon. Wow. Uh, but you know, so that yeah, the the transportation is definitely a tricky issue for um, you know, you know, for the spring and, and how things are going to happen. I mean, one thing I think um, you know, that maybe flies under the radar too is officials. Um, you know, I'm I'm sure that uh, I I feel like this more so during basketball season. I've seen the same group of officials and I've also seen a lot of newer officials too. Um, you know, so there's definitely, you know, probably some, some problems or, or, you know, um, 
challenges there in terms of, of scheduling these guys. Um, you know, you're having to send them to the same place over and over again, or um, you know, maybe maybe moving guys in that that before they normally would. Uh, and I imagine that's going to carry over into the spring somewhat, um, especially with some of these. I know aren't, aren't a lot of um, at least on the boys. Actually, probably the boys and girls side. The the officials are are also college officials, aren't they? Yeah. And, and the, the big thing is like, kind of like we talked about, we had to make, you know, that's what I was kind of alluding to when I said, you know, when parents and, and kids see the schedules that come out, it's going to be kind of weird. Like, you know, normally division three, two, and one would all just, you know, try and play on different days to spread out officials. Right. So that you could have enough officials. Well, in order for the transportation to work, you know, like for example, baseball uh, and softball might be playing Monday, Wednesday, Friday, lacrosse is on Tuesday, Thursday, and that's for boys and girls. So you're going to have all divisions, potentially playing a lot of games. Now, it's not to say that no schools are going to play on Monday, Wednesday, Friday for lacrosse. I'm sure there'll be a little bit of that, but to try and ease things, that's the way the schedule has been done is that boys and girls lacrosse are going to play on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I've talked to some officials and there aren't a lot of officials opting out for COVID right now, but it's more, it's more that our official population in lacrosse has gotten, has gotten older and, and more guys are retiring and we don't have a lot coming in. So again, if there are, if there are people listening out there that are interested in, you know, staying involved in the game or getting involved in the game, we, we do have a serious problem in the state in terms of, uh, you know, referee turnover. Our, our referees are, are getting older in age and, um, you know, we're not we're not bringing in new people into that. I mean, some of that might be a culture that you don't want to get yelled at, but, uh, you know, so well, be nice think, to your I mean, officials. It is worth mentioning, too, and I don't know if I, I mean, I'm hoping people know this, too, is that the officials get paid like it's it's a job. Um, yeah. you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that people realize that, um, and I don't mean they get paid like, you know, you know, here's an envelope full of cash to, to make calls. I mean, they get paid for the, the job that they do as officials. So, I mean, that's another side of it too. I mean, if you're, if you're, you know, I mean, there might be a lot of people out there, you know, that, that know the game and, and like you said, want to get involved, but could also use the, you know, the extra, extra funds. So, you know, that's another side of it too. If you're, if you're on the fence about, about that and, you know, I, I would say, um, in general or overall, I think the I think the lacrosse community is a little bit better about uh, you know not berating officials in in the same way that maybe some other sports do. And also, you're outside, so you know sometimes that gets lost um, up in the stands somewhere. Yeah, you know, and I think over the years, you know, as as I've as I've uh, you know gotten as I've gotten older and more mature in my lacrosse coaching, that uh, you realize that you know what. You, you pick and choose your battles. You're, you're rarely ever going to change a referee's mind on a call. In fact, I've never changed a referee's <laughs> mind on a call. So all you're really doing is is getting them upset and anxious and potentially having them either miss a call on the next one for you or, you know, purposely saying, well, that was kind of a 50-50 play. No, I'm not going to give you that call. Yeah. You know, so there's uh, there's there's definitely ways to get your point across without without there. And I think, Honestly, from what I've heard from from the refs over the years, it's not so much the coaches; it's it's the the fans and the way they get treated by fans, which is really disappointing to hear. I mean, that's the that's the last thing, you know, that should be happening there. We should be out enjoying, you know, uh, the best thing my parents ever did for me. I would get off the field and say, "Hey, you know, that was really fun watching you play today. I hope you know it was really, yeah. really it was great to great to be out there." Right? It was not talking about the officials, the wins or losses or anything like that. It was more just, hey, we really enjoyed watching you out there compete. And I, I wish more parents would do that uh, without getting on a soapbox here. I mean, I really think that's that's the best thing you can do for your kid is, you know, just don't, hey, it was really fun watching you play today. I hope you had a good time out there. You know, I, your kids, will talk, they'll talk to you if, you if they want to talk yeah. about the game. And, you know, and on, I mean, on I, I, not to 
take it one step further, but I mean, after all that we've been through in the last uh, last year, um, you know, I, I would hope that complaining about officiating has dropped a few notches on on a lot of people's uh, uh, lists of things to to get worked up over. I'm I'm hoping that that's uh, get maybe, out there yeah, and just enjoy just watching enjoy being the sport. There. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, but you know, uh, no, uh, there were some. Other, I was gonna yeah, I was go gonna transition to. Uh, I know you wanted to talk a little bit about any potential rule changes. Right. Yeah, we had talked uh, about this. Happen. Yeah, over over yeah. Or, or maybe it was even. I think we might have even talked about it last year because of. The potential at first of, of there maybe being a season, uh, but I, I think the biggest one that we've we've kind of heard rumors about, um, you know, off and on was was that the, was the faceoffs on uh, on the boys' side. Um, you know, the recommendation I think was it to get rid of the faceoffs or or at least to limit them to the beginning of each half. Well, there were multiple there were multiple things, right? Because co- well, well, we'll start with they they changed the rules for college, right? The the grip and the stance that you can use. That has not trickled down to the high school level yet. The federation, the, the rules that we use, the, the National Federation of High Schools, has not adopted the college rules yet. So, um, you know, they can still do moto grip. They can still have a knee down. They can still do those types of things. Uh, unless something changes in the next couple of weeks, uh, th- those are the rules that we're going to continue to use for now. I think I think you'll see with I'd be surprised if, if by next season they didn't because it is causing a problem on the on the, you know, the recruiting side of things where, you know, it is it is an advantage to be able to use the, the moto grip or to have your knee down and other things like that. So it's kind of like, you know, do you do you train like that for for your high school team to give them an advantage? Or, you know, if I'm a face off guy that wants to go to college and play in college, yeah. I should be training the way that the college level wants me to play. So it's it's uh, it's I think it's something that needs to be addressed and needs to be changed rather quickly. Um, but in terms of covid. Um, you know, there was talk like, do we do we just get rid of it and go to alternating possessions? And that was a recommendation by the Federation, but that has not been adopted uh, in New Hampshire yet. So um, we are going to go forward with with face offs uh, normally. We just felt that that was too big of a change. Um, it, it just changes the whole game. It changes right. you know, yeah. the way that you would coach and uh, the way that you, you know, your, your tactics that are involved with that. Um, so too radical. That was too radical of a change for us to adopt, uh, for, I, in terms of COVID reasons. Um, I, I don't know necessarily too what it does. I mean, it's, it, your face off, your average face off takes about what, 10 seconds. Um, right. If a face off's done correctly, you're, you're coming up, the ball is placed down, the, the ball is placed down. The referee has the two players, two players get down in their stance. They back up and, and literally all of that should take, like you said, less than 10 seconds. You have, there are if if we're worried about COVID, there there are much there are much yeah. bigger riskier areas that that should be addressed. And honestly, if that's if that's a concern, then we if if COVID is that big of a concern, then maybe we shouldn't be playing with Ross <laughs> at that point. If that's the you know that's the issue there. Right. Yeah. So, um, so I was I was happy that faceoffs will continue to be part of the game there because it, it it does make does make a huge difference in the game. We, we've seen it, you know, you've seen it in playoff games and other places where, you know, it, it can, uh, it, it can either keep a team in a game or it can blow a team out. And yeah. so it's, uh, it's a, it, and, and it's um, um, part of the game that, that a lot of our kids take really seriously and train really hard for. So to, to tell them that all of a sudden all that work they did was for nothing, I think that would be really tough for these kids too, especially I mean, the ones that want to go on and play in college. Yeah, it would be it would be like taking out a position in a sport, like just yeah. you know, oh, we're going to get rid of the the quarterback, like not maybe not to that degree, but you know, it's that's kind of what they, what it is the equivalent of in, in, in removing a position. 
Yep. No. So, uh, so that's good. Um, and I think, you know, they're really, other than, you know, the normal modifications for COVID, I think lacrosse will look pretty similar. You know, you, you're going to want to keep, none of these things are mandated, but I mean, it's, you know, it's good practice. You're going to want to, you know, keep your sideline as socially distant as possible. We did actually extend, uh, the, um, the box that can be used for players. So basically we said, look, if you're on your half of the field, you can pretty much, you can pretty much spread out the entire length of the field, which, if I'm being honest, I, I didn't actually know that was a rule that there, there was a limit to how far your players could go down the sideline. But uh, now, you know, it just makes sense. Like yeah. spread the kids out as far as possible and use the whole sideline you know, to keep your keep your team safe. So um, you know, they, they added that in in football this year. Um, I think they stretched it down to the 10 yard line on either side. And yeah. outside of a few cases uh, here and there, uh, you know, some schools were really good about making sure their kids were spaced out. And then other games, it was just, okay, well, now everybody bunches up at the 10-yard line if the ball goes inside the, the 20 on one end. Like, it just, it 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 was, I think, a good idea. Uh, but, I mean, it'll be, obviously, it'll be different in, in lacrosse because the ball moves back and forth much faster. You know, whereas in football, if you're at one end of the field, you're at one end of the field. Um, but it was, I, maybe it needed a little bit more... Um, you know, teams uh, teams needed a sideline person to kind of uh, make sure everybody was in the right spot. Yeah, and I think that's that, that's the thing too. It's it's human nature. Like you're gonna, you know, as as games progress, you know, I think it's good to have visuals out there to put down cones where you want kids to be and stuff like that. But I agree with you; it's really difficult to keep the kids from from uh, from moving down the line, and also lacrosse is a sport where you in in football too, where you have players coming in and out constantly. So it's kind of hard to assign a player a spot to stand and expect right, them like yeah. that. That's yeah. where they're going to be, you know. So it's, at some point, it's got to come down to the to the kids policing themselves and saying, "Okay, I am coming out now. Uh, I need to be, you know, be away from from the other players on the on the field there uh, and on the sideline." Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. We, as you mentioned, um, you know, Nashua had and Manchester have approved uh those are I mean kind of the big ones the ones that get out there the most because they're going in front of the you know the the school boards and and making these these decisions I've seen a couple other places like I think Dover approved um sports the other day too um you know but Nashua has actually posted their um their guidelines online um and you know in, in terms of like uh you know actual play um you know there's not too much on here you know we talked about the face offs and they kind of the same thing face offs will be conducted uh, but could have a different setup and official mechanics. Uh, maybe that's alluding to the potential, you know, changes you were talking about that don't have anything to do with COVID. Um, you know, on the girl side, you know, we'd wondered if maybe, um, you know, the same thing I think had been discussed about draws, um, you know, but the only thing that's, that's really listed here is just kind of uh, substituting uh, procedures, you know, maybe making a little bit of a bigger area so that, the, you know, people aren't coming in as too much traffic on the sidelines. Um, the other one that's listed on here is also that the goalie should roll or throw the ball to the official after a goal, which, I mean, I think they kind of do anyways, but you know, that... they do, I think, but I mean, for the most part, if, if I'm a goalie, I'm just, I'm scooping it up on my stick and then flipping it up yeah. to the, to yeah. the official plus, plus I've got gloves on anyway. I, I think that again, one that's, um, well, I'll just say it. I, I think it's someone overthinking things. I'll be honest with you. I, I, I think it's, I think that's a minimal. Again, if we're that, if we're that nervous about that, probably we shouldn't be playing lacrosse at that point. Um, you know, but uh, in theory, it's a good. You know, if you can avoid shared common surfaces, great. But I think that's one that's, uh, again, 
hand sanitize. Hand sanitize before you go on the field. Hand sanitize afterwards, right? Yeah. Don't touch your face. Exactly. It's that simple, right? You know? <laughs> um, you know, so uh, I, I think if we're all, I mean, that's, if we're going to be playing lacrosse this year, I think, you know, if we do come, if we do common sense things like that, where, you know, we, we sanitize before the game, we sanitize after the game and, and, you know, avoid, avoid touching your face. You'll be fine. You know, so. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, man, uh, excited. You know, like we talked about, good slate, of, good slate of games coming up this week on the college circuit. And then um, I think, uh, what, maybe in a week or two, we'll start start getting into maybe yeah, some think, maybe some high school previews yeah, next a little week, bit. Next week we'll probably, uh, uh, you know, have have a little bit of a discussion. Maybe, you know, we'll, we'll hopefully have more schedules by then. Um, you know, we can kind of take a look at some of the big games that we expect on the calendar. Um you know, we kind of hinted at uh, last week, um, you know, about this regional play, if it's something that uh, we'd want to keep going. And I, of course, then spent uh, maybe too much time, uh, maybe not, I don't know, uh, just trying to figure out what that might look like. Um, you know, maybe we can talk about that a little bit. And then, yeah, I think the week after that, we're really going to start getting into it as terms of uh, in terms of previews. Uh, again, so I'm yeah. gonna put some pressure on you. I, yeah. I think okay. you should. I think you should put that up on your website. Oh, I, I was going. Oh, no, have, absolutely. Put a little article. Put a little article absolutely. up there for the reader. Yeah. I am. I that was that was what I was think I was gonna go for, and I just I was just trying to figure out schedule wise how it how it would work. Uh, you know, in terms of of coverage. Um, of course, got a lot of a lot of basketball still to go here in the next couple of days, but uh, next week at this time we're gonna be we'll be through the winter season and and we'll be ready for spring and. Um, well, I'll be ready. I'm already ready for spring. Hopefully, it feels like spring. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll take a look at that next week. I, I hope. So I'm gonna give a quick I'm gonna give a quick plug for our, our friend Liam Murphy out there at Dover. I know you would uh, you would you had said you noticed that that Dover had a uh, you know uh, ratified spring sports there. Did you did you happen to get that through Liam and his his Twitter account or <laughs> anything? Um, no, I think that's actually where I did see it. I think he might have even tagged me in it. So I'm I'm. Uh... Yeah. And it's uh, he is a great he is a great follow. He is he does all he does a lot of media and, and marketing and branding for the for the PLL. And he, he brings uh, he brings that to the to the Dover lacrosse lacrosse pages there and uh, does it does a fantastic job with uh, with everything he does there. Amazing, amazing highlights. So uh, he also for a good follow. Uh, so yeah, good. Uh, he's he's a great follow on social media. He also deserves uh, a pat on the back, too, because he's one of a handful of coaches that has already sent in preview information. Uh, obviously, listening to the, the your call uh, uh, last week of uh, requests for coaches to start sending stuff in, so I think that's uh, he definitely uh, deserves a, a pat on the back for that. And uh, let's do it again. Let's yeah, put let's, out another yeah. Call so right any now. any coaches that haven't emailed yet, uh, shoot an email to nhhighschoolsports.com. I know uh, practices don't start until March 29th, but um, you know I, I think most of you probably know who your key players are coming back. I, I hope you do at this point. Uh, you know, and, and sure, I'm sure there'll be some kids that show up that first day that you maybe didn't know about. But, um, yeah, you know, I, one last one last plug I'll, I'll put in, um, you know, I'm running a I'm running a goalie clinic this weekend at the Bedford Sportsplex. So for any coaches out there listening or, or parents or, you know, town organizers, I've got I've got a few few spots left. Um, we're trying to keep it around like 35, 40 goalies. So they get a good tamper to coach ratio. Um, I've got some, got some really good, got some college and high school goalies coming in that have worked with me. Um, always a great, always great for beginners. And it's a, it's a great tune up for, uh, for experienced goalies. So if you're looking to get your goalies some work, um, you know, head over to the Tomahawk website and, uh, and get them, get them signed up. We'd love to work with them this weekend. All right. 
Well, anything else to add before we uh, we wrap it up for this week? No, I think I think we're good this week. I think uh, I'm looking forward to getting into some of the previews and and breaking down what some of the teams have over the next couple of weeks and and keeping an eye on uh, on the college scene as well. All right. So it was good talking to you again, Joe. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll do it again next week. He is uh, Dairy Field uh, AD and boys lacrosse coach Chris Hetler. I am Joe Marcellina. Thanks again for listening.